The scripture reading today is from Genesis chapter 32, beginning at verse 22. The same night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his eleven children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? He said, Jacob. And the man said, You shall no longer be called Jacob. But Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans, and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel limping because of his hip. Root of wisdom, word of peace. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Grace to all of you and peace from God, our Creator, from our Lord, and from our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Great and glorious God, we thank you for the story of Jacob today and his wrestling. Be with us, O Lord, in our own wrestling, for we are not so different from Jacob. Be with us, O Lord, as we seek to live a new day filled with peace and justice, compassion and love. In your holy and most blessed name we pray. Amen. Once upon a time, there was a family that was broken by dysfunction. It started very early with this family. The family had two boys. They were twins. The son who was born first became the favorite of the father. The son who was born second became the favorite of the mother. Right from the beginning, there was dysfunction. As the two brothers grew, they did not care for each other. They did not get along. In fact, the younger brother was so deceitful that he stole everything the older brother had. The older brother became very angry and said to his younger brother, I will kill you. Just like the Cain and Abel story. The younger brother, upon hearing that threat, thought to himself, I must leave. I must get out of here. And so he left. He went to a foreign country, and there he lived for decades apart from his brother. During those decades, this younger brother, through a lot of unscrupulous means, accumulated great wealth, a big family. 
In his later life, this younger son, younger brother, had to leave that foreign country and he had to go back to his home and to face his brother. That is exactly where we pick up the Genesis lesson today because the younger brother's name is the older brother's name is Esau. Jacob and Esau. Now Jacob, as I said, has lots of wealth now. He's moving south. He's going to see his brother. He's got his family. He's got his servants. He's got his flocks of sheep and goats and camels and cattle. And they're all moving south. He hears through an informant that his brother Esau knows that he's coming. And that Esau has recruited 400 soldiers to come meet him. So, what is Jacob to think? The last thing he heard from his brother was, I'm going to kill you. And now he hears about 400 soldiers coming north. We don't know what Jacob is, tell, is thinking. It doesn't tell us in the text. But what we do know from what I read just a moment ago is when they got to a major river called the Jabbok River, Jacob sends everybody across that river, his family, his servants, all of his flocks, there on the other side of the river facing Esau while Jacob remains on the safe side of the river. It's that night that he wrestles with the man, it says in the text. And the text leaves the man ambiguous. Who is the man? Is it God? Well, a lot of people say, well, it's God. Well, doesn't really say so. Is it his conscience? Yeah. Is it his guilt? Is it a dream? I think the point here when Jacob says, I wrestled and I saw the face of God. That he sees the face of God in the wrestling itself, regardless of with whom he wrestles. He's wrestling with his history, his past, his dysfunction, his guilt. And that's where we connect with this text. Because at one time or another in each one of our lives, we end up wrestling with the past. We struggle with not the same issue as Jacob, but with our own. There are things we wrestle with that may be guilt, like Jacob, where something we've done in the past that has hurt someone else, we think about, ruminate, and we wrestle with what we've done. Sometimes we wrestle with our insecurities. Sometimes we wrestle with the pain that others, especially those in authority, have inflicted upon us. Sometimes we wrestle with grief so profound that we're frozen and can't quite move forward. I could list item after item of things we wrestle with, things like Anxiety. We live in an age of anxiety. Sometimes we wrestle with loneliness. We also live in an age of loneliness in a 
city with hundreds of thousands of people, we have loneliness as one of the major issues in life. Sometimes we struggle with addiction or depression. Sometimes we struggle with anger or maybe arrogance. I, you choose. You choose. We all have our issues that we struggle with. And again, that's our connection with this story. Well, today's story tells us that in the midst of your wrestling and Jacob's, God is there in the presence of that wrestling. But did you also notice that in the wrestling, there was a wound that happens? In the wrestling, Jacob's hip joint was put out. And forever after, Jacob would walk with a limp. And sometimes that's the case for us too. That our wrestlings in life, whatever issue they might be around, can result in some wounds that we carry with us for the rest of our lives. It's like a scar. When you have a deep cut and that scar heals over, the scar is always going to be there even though you've healed up. And maybe that's partly the point here. That Jacob is going to be a walking wounded person, but he's going to walk. He's going to live. This story tells us that despite the wounds that we might carry, we can be healthy and whole and happy in life. We can reconcile with our neighbors. We can reconcile with our brother. And that's just what happens with Jacob. As the morning dawns after a nighttime of wrestling and lots of symbolism in that, as the morning breaks, the man disappears and blesses Jacob. And what does Jacob do? But cross the Jabbok River. I picture him either wading up to his neck. A lot of symbolism there too. Wading through up to his neck. Coming out on the other side and walking. Remember the camp is on the other side. His family, his friends, his children, the flocks. And I picture everybody seeing him walk out of the water, out of these depths, and he's limping. Why is he limping? But nobody says a word. He is looking into the distance. He walks through the camp. Everybody's eyes follow him. Even the cattle, even the sheep, they're following Jacob. Where is he going? He is viewing the future and it, he's viewing the distance and in the distance there is a cloud. It's a cloud of dust raised by the hooves of 400 horses. And that cloud is getting closer and closer. Now Jacob is by himself a mile away from camp and those 400 horses are closing the gap and suddenly they're directly in front of Jacob and they pull on the horse's reins and they whinny to a stop and the dust cloud's momentum continues and there is Esau in the front. He swings his leg over the back of the horse's neck and slides down to the ground and makes his way over to Jacob who now is on his knees. He's on his knees his head is down and he lifts up his hands with a gift for his brother here Esau take this gift Esau walks over him grabs him by the shoulders lifts him up and says my brother it has been way too long it is so wonderful to see you and embraces him and kisses him on each cheek and they end up in tears <clears throat> and Jacob says this to him Brother Esau, 
seeing your face is like seeing the face of God. Exactly the same thing he said during the wrestling and called the place Peniel, the place of God. God was present in the wrestling and God was present in the reconciliation. This story is an archetype. It's a way that God puts the world back together again. It is bigger than itself. It is our story. And it promises us this, that in the midst of our wrestling around whatever the issue might be for you or me, that God is going to be there in the midst of that wrestling. But God doesn't take the wrestling away. See, our prayers are often, Lord, take the wrestling, take the struggle away from me. That's not the promise here. The promise here is that God's with us in the struggle, bringing us to the new day. And when the dawn rises, we, with our necks up to the water, step out onto the shore, sometimes with a limp, walking wounded into reconciliation and walking not alone for you see Jesus too walks wounded what's the first thing that Jesus did upon his resurrection he goes to his disciples and says see here my hands and my side look at my wounds Jesus is resurrected he is whole he is alive he's new but he still carries his wounds. That's instructive for us as well. That the message for us today is that we can walk wounded and be healthy and whole. We can carry our scars and still reconcile and that God will be with us. Just because we wrestle, just because we have wounds, does not mean we cannot reconcile like Jacob and Esau did and then arm in arm in this new day walk together with our limp with our wounds Amen Most holy and most blessed God we praise you and give you thanks for your presence in our wrestling and your presence in our reconciliation almighty God thank you for being with us this day as we reach out our hands to receive your very presence in the bread and the wine and thank you for freeing us to accept our wounds and to trust that we can be healthy and whole even with them in your holy and most blessed name we pray amen